0: Good morning, Jack.
1: Hey, Adam. How you doing?
0: Morning. Geez, it is morning yet, isn't it? It is. The sun's shining. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. Anytime the sun shines here is beautiful. That's for sure. So, welcome to another edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Uh, we're excited today. Uh, we have a, a guest in our midst, and we have an exciting story to tell, which I think that everybody's going to be very inspired by. Um, and hopefully you'll be able to kind of uh, see potential in your life or folks that you know You know, as you hear this story as we bring on uh, Drew Taylor from Clubhouse Trailer Company. Uh, good morning, Drew. Thanks for, for joining us on today's show.
1: Good morning, guys. Thrilled to be here. Thanks. How are you doing, Drew? Good to see you again. Good to see you. So what
0: we're going to do is we're going to have Drew start out and just kind of give a little bit of a background on, on himself in terms of kind of where he grew up and his schooling and kind of his This prior work experience, we'll get a little background to start before we get into the details about how Clubhouse got launched. So why don't you give a little bit of background and introduce yourself to our audience, Drew.
1: Fantastic, thanks guys. Um, So uh, my name is Drew Taylor, uh, co-vice president at uh, Clubhouse Trailer Company in Edmond, Oklahoma. Um, Clubhouse is a a, a cool little company that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, We're the only company on the planet that uh, exclusively, Um, builds logistics solutions, trailers, for high school and college marching bands. And um, so uh, (coughs) I came upon this uh, very accidentally, and we'll get into a a medium-length boring story here in a minute. Um, But uh, myself and Jeff Hadley are the co-vice presidents here, and uh, we started this... uh, kind of by accident, uh, an unintended accident. Um, but my, my background, uh, grew up in uh, Dayton, Ohio, uh, went to uh, Wayne High School, um, spent some time in the Air Force before moving on to a career in FedEx um, in organizational development. And uh, that led me to uh, a, a very interesting life now here um, at the clubhouse. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it's interesting when I think back about, uh, my career in FedEx, um, all of the touch points along the way, teaching me things, letting me learn from other folks and seeing, um, you know, that corporate world, uh, led us to, to, um, start this great company. So, uh, it's, it's been an interesting journey for sure. Um, and the other side of the clubhouse, Jeff Hadley. Um, he uh, spent a career in um, uh, industrial automation and fluid power, a uh, graduate of Oklahoma State University, um, and a uh, uh, very celebrated um, uh, entrepreneur, um, and so he, he brings some of, that, uh, some of that kind of spirit uh, to, the, to the clubhouse.
0: So good. All right. So, so the way the, the, we get to the origin story here now, so, so um it's not like you and Jeff are lifelong friends. You grew up together like that. It's just, you guys happen to be, you happen to have something in common, which is you both had kids or in the high school band. Right. So, yeah. so, 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 how, so, you, you know, what's that like being a a band dad—that's what we're calling the show. This is the the, the the band dads who become unintended entrepreneurs. So, what's it like being a band dad? How this all kind
1: of how this all kind of gets started? Yeah. So, uh, Jeff and I um, became very fast friends. Uh, so, between the two of us, we put six kids through the high school band program here at Edmund Memorial High School. And um, Jeff and I are the same. Neither of us does very well at sitting still. So um, part of the high school marching band experience is a contest Saturday. And a contest Saturday is an all-day affair. Uh, Kids uh, showing up early and they march a couple of performances. And most band parents um, will spend their time in the stands watching all the other bands perform. And I went to this very first band contest when, um, my youngest was a freshman and it's this full day affair and we show up early and, um, everybody else is sitting in the stands and I look at that and I'm like, that does not look like me at all for the next, uh, 11 hours sitting on a bleacher seat. So I'm looking around and there's this guy who's this whirling dervish of, um, uh, of, of action and momentum and he's fixing your equipment and he's been there long before I had um, Jeff had already put a couple kids through the program and I'm like, you know what? That looks, looks a whole lot more like what I should be doing. So uh, Jeff, what are you doing? Uh, my name's Drew and we're fixing equipment. And that's how this, this journey <laughs> started. Um, I think for that first contest, we were replacing uh, tires on rolling equipment. And so this, this started this great connection that Jeff and I had. And every contest then after that, he and I are the, the, the pair of um, uh, cyclones doing all this band dad stuff. Um, and never did I know in my whole existence that being a band dad was a thing until my kids were in band. And so uh, a couple of years go by and uh, we've built this great relationship, great friendship, and um we're the the go-to resources for the band director whenever she needs something first she comes to to jeff and i and um one of these uh days and i think it was like probably a contest day um our director at the time a fabulous woman by the name of lynn ann Firoli, comes to jeff and i and she looks us square in the eyes and she says guys i don't care what you have to do but i want a trailer and being dutiful bandads, We look her square back in the eyes and say, yes, ma'am. And she turns on her heels and marches away. And we look at each other and said, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> Not knowing what we had gotten ourselves into. And so we spent the next two years doing a ton of research and touring trailers and talking to directors and talking to boosters and being really shocked that in all this time of high school marching band, nobody had come up with a better way. So if Jeff and I are being tasked to, I don't care what you guys have to do, but get me a trailer. We've said, okay, this trailer is going to have to be the best thing out there and it's going to have to be a better way. So we did. We spent uh, two years um, building our first, uh, spent nine months building our first trailer after a bunch of research and uh, delivered it at the end of band camp and it was met with um, great enthusiasm and it went to its first contest and its first contest the folks in Bartlesville Oklahoma saw the Edmund Memorial trailer and came to Jeff and I and said would you build us a trailer and we looked them square in the eyes and said no <clears throat> there's no way <laughs> because in our mind band dads built trailers you don't need to hire somebody to come help you do that. Um, so no, no, there's no chance we're going to build you a trailer. Tell you what we'll do. We'll help your bandads figure it out. We've come up with this better way. We'll teach them everything. We'll, we'll help them build some parts and give them all the uh, access to all the things that we figured out along the way, but no. And this went back and forth for about six months. And finally, we lamented and said, fine, we'll build you a trailer. And so we did. We spent six months building the Bartlesville High School trailer and delivered it. And the folks in Bixby saw Bartlesville's new trailer and came to Jeff and I and said, my goodness, where have you been all our lives? Would you build us a trailer? And we looked them in the eye and said, no, because Bandadsville trailers. Finally, they wore us down and we said yes. And sometime during that third trailer build, Jeff and I looked at each other and said, there might be something to this. So we threw up a really complicated three page website full of lots of pictures of the three trailers we had built to date. And the folks at coffee high school in Douglas, Georgia found our website and called Jeff and I and said, guys, we have never seen one of your trailers. We've only seen pictures. They look fantastic. Would you build us one and send it to us? And we said, sure. Sure. Now, this had become a thing. And and remember, this is just a hobby. This is just nights and weekends. This is uh, uh, our wives hating us because we're spending all of our time in the clubhouse, spending six months at a time building these trailers. You know, and it's funny, you guys recently had a discussion about the side hustle. Right. Um, And that's all. This wasn't even a hustle for us. This was stuff we got trapped into building all these band trailers. And um, you know, we were just uh, doing it to try to keep some uh, some lights on in the shop that we had leased. And you know, it's funny; the universe tells you when your side hustle becomes <laughs> the the main hustle. Uh, and it's quite a quite a journey. But I, I really I really enjoyed listening to that discussion on the the side hustle and the side gig. But so we've uh, you know now built this uh, this thing where we've got customers coming to us and uh, asking us to build trailers um, and we fought it we continued to fight it and we still had more people calling us and every time they call we'd say yes now so the first seven years that the clubhouse existed we built a total of 10 marching band trailers for high schools um, mostly in, uh, in o- uh, oklahoma texas and now this outlier in georgia and we had had enough pent-up interest in what we were doing that um, we, we, we had to do something differently. So 10 trailers the first seven years. And in 2017, I decided um, to take early retirement from FedEx as a sales manager at the time and started building trailers full-time. And we did 10 trailers in 2017. So in one year, we were able to do what we had done in the past seven years. And now I got to do it full time, but it was still a side hustle for Jeff. It was still his side gig. And his wife is still, you know, getting pretty uh, uh, unhappy with the amount of time that he's spending building band trailers because now it's he's got two full time jobs and I'm down to just one. So life is good for me. Um but uh, we had a very successful 2017, um, and we're building these uh, trailers, and we're, we're talking about semi-trailers, 53-foot semis, in a, in a uh, shop that's 3,200 square feet. Now, I don't know if you can picture how big a semi is, but it takes yeah. up about half of that 3,200 oh, square feet. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so we were very creative in our manufacturing space and our Um, uh, storage space and we had an office and um, uh, we had to slide the table saw that we used up underneath the nose of the trailer when it was in the shop. Um, And and we had to be very, very intentional about how we used space. And then in 2018, 2018, things got really, really crazy. And um, we knew that something had to be done way differently um, because we had a big pipeline in 2018, we were going to do 23 trailers in 2018 out of that same 3,200 square feet. Um, And so if the clubhouse is going to keep growing, we're going to have to do some things differently. So we made the decision um, kind of in the middle of 2018 during this big build cycle that we were on to uh, have a building built just to build band trailers in. Um, And we designed that building to be 12,000 square feet, we were going to have enough room for four trailers at any given time, it was purpose built, just for the art of building band trailers. And um, we were able to move into that building in December of 2018. So we moved from that small 3200 square feet, into now 12,000 square feet, and we thought, wow, this is going to be awesome. Well, during 2018, I continued to sell trailers. (laughs) So 2019 was going to be a really big year for us, and um, Jeff and I got the keys to this brand new building, and the first day, it doesn't have a trailer in it, it's a big empty space, and we come in and look at each other and said, it's not going to be big enough. (laughs) <laughs> and lo and behold, six months later, we were right. We were busting at the seams. There was no way we were going to be able to continue in just 12,000 square feet. So we had uh, a building designed next door to the, to the existing clubhouse and now have a clubhouse compound that is 22,000 square feet under roof, enough room for seven trailers at any given time. Um, remember, I said 2019 was going to be a big year. I think we did 34 trailers in 2019. In 2020, we did 42. This year, we're going to end up over 50. Um, and oh, next oh, year, next year, we're projecting 70 trailers. Um, Excellent. <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been a heck of a lot of fun. Um, we're, we're lucky enough that in 2018, we were named by the Oklahoma City Chamber of Commerce as the fastest-growing privately owned company in Central Oklahoma, um, which is just something that we are super, super proud of, um, and continue to just have a blast doing what we do.
0: All right, so that's it, that's it. Go on, Adam. No, so that's a lot of good stuff. So let me let, let me kind of go back on this a little bit, right? So, so and the reason the Jack and I love this story is because everybody can relate to the story, Drew. Everybody's had a chance to volunteer, whether it be in the band whether it be the, the kids' sport, where it might be. And we've all got asked those questions, right? Hey, can you do this, right? And so, so when she came up to you and said, can you build a better trailer? And I can just picture the two you say, yes, yes, dear. So it's, like, it's like talking to your to wives. Yes, dear. And she goes away like, what do we disagree agree to? And so what did you determine that better meant? You know, what, what does better look like? You know, you know, it started kind of digging in, because you know, better is one of those words that, you know, but there are a couple of things that, that I think made sense in terms of what they were looking for, what, what, why we got so excited about it.
1: Yeah. So, and that's a, that's a great question, Adam. So what we have identified has been successful about what the clubhouse does is we truly solved for safety and efficiency. So safety in our mind was safety of equipment, students, staff and parents and efficiency. So that after, you know, at the end of a contest or the end of a Friday night football game, um, you can get packed up efficiently um, that you aren't the last one in the lot, that you can get your kids back to school so they can get back to um, back to the house quickly because my goodness, the next day they may be taking the ACTs, right? So having, having an efficient process so the kids are taken care of is very important to us. Um, so that's what really drove a lot of what we do um, is safety and efficiency. And what we've been able to do is um, help... Um, Organizations, whether it's high school or college marching bands, um, really create a way to extend their brand, to create their brand, um, us be able to innovate to solve unique problems that they have, um, and we'll talk about innovation as we get to kind of our core values and how important that is to us. But um, you know what we really did in in identifying the better way was solving for safety and efficiency. True. What uh, what what is the the normal movement of band instruments? How does that work with most companies or not companies with schools? Most schools, it is a hodgepodge of whatever can be cobbled together. Um, and so, Jack, what we end up seeing is, you know, maybe it's the dis- the school district provides a box truck or a couple box trucks to the, to the marching band. Um, maybe they have to go out and rent uh, Penske or U-Haul trucks. Um, maybe it's um, the, the, the nonprofit that's attached to the band, the booster organization has to source uh, a bunch of truck drivers with pickup trucks and enclosed trailers and open trailers. It's funny when um, our director came to us and asked us to solve this problem, we looked like the Beverly Hillbillies. Going to a marching band contest, we had a box truck and we had uh, two enclosed trailers that didn't match. And we had an open utility trailer. And all that was missing was the couch sitting on top of the cab as we're rolling into a contest. Um, So, you know, it's, it's a hodgepodge of a lot of different things. But what's really cool is the clubhouse is also creating these amazing community showpieces. Because let's be honest, this this thing rolling down the street is the largest billboard that a high school has outside of their campus itself. And it's representing the school, the community, the band program in um, whether it's uh, a contest or a football game that's handled locally or a regional contest or a presence at a a national parade like Macy's or um, the Rose Parade um where this uh this rolling community showpiece represents that community okay all right
0: well so it sounds like from your description that most <clears throat> folks were like the beverly hillbillies it wasn't like you guys run usually you guys are that's how most people were which explains why when when people show up and I, i'm trying to picture that that environment all of a sudden here comes this fancy ass trailer coming in it's like holy cow and, and just the mental edge that, that those kids might have and just say hey who are those kids coming in they must have their stuff together so from a competition standpoint i get to see that being a, a, a tremendous advantage of it um and be able to do it so and one of the things that, that's great about your website you have like you said you know you've come a long way from your your, your three your, your three page website you have a lot of great photos on there but it, it gives the um to me it, it, as i listen you describe how you guys were very efficient in use of your manufacturing space when it was only three thousand square feet how it's kind of gone well you're doing the same thing you can see that that, that same mentality in terms of how you use the space within the, the trailer because again I, I never thought about it because I got I'm not a band dad so I've never been exposed. It. I just, like, yeah, whatever the kids kind of come, they they put the you know the, the tube in their trunk or no. Here's how it kind of goes, and how do we fit this thing quite in? And you know, it's like packing a you know a trunk. It's a 53 foot trunk, right? Now how do we, yeah. we kind of get that thing in the, 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 you know?
1: Yeah, what yeah. most people don't realize, Adam, is that um, a typical large five a six a high school marching band program travels with a million dollars worth of musical equipment. Wow. Yeah. yeah, wow is right. You don't think of it. Yeah. Yeah, some of that equipment is personally owned, right? It belongs to the the child who's playing that instrument, whether it be a trumpet or a saxophone or a trombone or Um, uh, Some of it uh, belongs to the district, some of it belongs to another school that they've been able to borrow a specialty piece of equipment from. So we're not talking about just having a bunch of places to stack some horns and be able to have some space. We're talking about being able to protect and make sure that um, the, the instrument investment lasts as long as possible that we keep the kids safe, we keep the instruments safe. So there's a, there's an awful lot that goes into it um, from all the percussion instruments to the individual brass and wind instruments, um, what we call front ensemble that takes up an insane amount of space inside a trailer or logistics solution. So what we've done is come up with a way to make all that super, super efficient. It's amazing. Do you, just, do you just have one
0: one size trailer?
1: <clears throat> well, no. Um, what, what we have found is that while the semi-trailer solution in 53 feet long, you know, think about a, a North American Van Lines moving van or an Atlas mm-hmm. Van Lines moving van, that's the platform that we talk about most often. And that's great for the larger programs. But what we found through time is that the smaller programs, 2A, 3A, 4A schools, where they're marching you know, between 30 and 110 kids on the field, those are the programs that actually need more resources than the larger school programs. They have a smaller pool of parents to pull from. They have um, less resources to be able to get um, access to. um, And they typically have smaller dollars to spend. um, So they've got to use them very, very methodically. So what we've actually seen is a huge push Um, from our customer base looking for smaller trailer solutions. So we created a product just to meet that need. And it's quite captivating because there are 10 times more small schools than there are big schools. And when you think about our addressable market, just counting the number of public high schools in the U.S., there are more than 29,000 of them. Right now, I have 145 that are my customers. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so you're just are you, the, are, you the are you the sales are you <laughs> the sales
1: i'm the sales i'm the sales yeah. yeah so we've got we've got a really gigantic team here at the clubhouse <clears throat> we uh, all have to wear a ton of hats um so while my official title is vp of operations and jeff is the vp of innovation because we can't agree that one of us should have uh control over the other so we said Best thing to do is we'll just be co-VPs. That way nobody's the boss. Nobody has to answer the question. Um, But we end up wearing a lot of hats. So where Jeff and I tend to be the happiest is not when we're chained to our desk, um, doing sales calls or doing vendor management, which I get to push off on Jeff to do. um, But when we're actually out there building trailers with our guys. Um, So we have a a really great team. Um, There's a total of eight and a half of us. Um, FTEs, so it's a really yeah. gigantic team, and this year we'll build. Uh, this coming year, we'll build 70 plus trailers. Boy, that's remarkable. That's that's a terrific story.
0: So, <coughs> so you, you had to go from a shift because it wasn't like uh, so many stories we hear, Jeff. And somebody has they've had ideas for years, and it's finally they, they get to the point to launch it, right? Whether like you said you know whether it be a side hustle or not, but people have an idea to kind of go, and so you guys were again, you guys were those unintended entrepreneurs that you were fighting it for seven years for seven years, and finally you said okay. There's something here, you know, the universe trying to tell us something, we, we have to kind of, you know, kind of get into this <clears> thing. And so, so seven years in, you're kind of having to think, okay, well now here we are as business guys. So you're really kind of four years into the business, you know, from that standpoint. Okay. So as you look at the progress you guys have made and, and, and talk about, you know, you've come down to a handful of kind of guiding principles that, that have been key for you guys. Right. And, and it's, it's something that I think that's helped you in these last four years really kind of be able to kind of take off, but talk a little bit about kind of, you know, in terms of some of the guiding principles that. That, that you and Jeff have that have helped, you know, fuel some of this growth?
1: Yeah. So uh, Jeff and I luckily both come from corporate environments. So we've been able to steal some things, right? There are no new ideas, well, except the clubhouse. It was a new idea. <laughs> but, you know, in terms of, um, you know, principles and core values and whatever the, the uh, term of the day is, right, we've really focused on, um, we'll call it four plus one that guides all of them. Right. So we start with people. Right, we've got to take great care of our people. Um, uh, we treat we treat our, our folks that work for the clubhouse, uh, work with the clubhouse like family. Our customers, we call them part of the clubhouse family, um, and and we build some great lifelong um, relationships and friendships out of not just our employees but our customers as well. Um, so we w- really want to take care of people. Um, that comes first and foremost. Um, And then Jeff and I believe very strongly in process. Now, remember, our first trailer took us nine months to build after two years of research. The next three trailers took us six months to build each of those. Um, Our average build time for this year in 2020 has been 7.3 days. (laughs) Wow. So, so when you
0: say
1: So when we talk about process, right? That's the only way that we could figure out how to scale, right? Scaling for us wasn't going to be more real estate. While that helped, it had us, it allowed us to have more projects in the building than just thirty-two hundred square feet enabled us to do. Um, but it allowed us to then. Um, uh, marry up things that were similar processes that would a- apply over multiple trailers. So if I'm building a set of stairs, I build four sets of stairs to go on the four trailers that I have sitting on the ground here, um, or things that we can we can um, do multiples of and get some momentum building. So process has become um, really important for us, and what we found is the really cool byproduct of that is. Jeff and I, um, with Jeff's dad, used to be the only doers, so quality control were really, was really easy for us because we were the final eyes that not only built the thing but saw the thing all the way through and then saw it right before it was being delivered, and our eye to quality is very, very keen. So by having a process that aligns with all the things that Jeff and I have learned over time, our team then can build quality in, in the moment. We don't have to wait until the end and say, oh, but that doesn't quite match to what the expectation is because we've built it into the process early enough in in every step along the way. So that's enabled us to um, not have to be the final eye on everything. Our team becomes the final eye on everything that they do. Um, So that's been kind of cool. Then the third thing that is key for us is profit. Now, Jeff and I never got into this business because we thought we were going to get rich building band trailers. And I can assure you, we're never going to get rich building band trailers because that's not our intention. Our intention is really to fill the need that's out there around safety and efficiency. So when we think about profit, it's about using our company resources the right way. It's about making strategic decisions on um, uh, carrying very, very little debt load uh, because we don't want to have to pass that on to our customers by increasing prices to service um, debt. Um, So we've been very, very careful about trying to keep um, uh, credit to a very very minimum. Um, keep great terms with our vendors. In a lot of cases, we try to pay our vendors on net ten day terms. Number one, we get to take some. In some cases, a half a point discount. Well, half point isn't doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when your target net margin at the end of the year is between three and a half and four percent, a half a point adds up pretty that, quickly. Sure, sure it does. does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we make a lot of decisions in the clubhouse on how we uh, source materials, what we use, whether we source locally or offshore. Most of the time, we are always choosing to source domestically with all domestic components um, because, well, especially this year, we've seen what kind of impact that can make on the supply chain and escalating prices with such a small net margin at the end of the year, we've had to be really cautious of how we approach profit. And most of the customers that we support, whether it's a school district or a nonprofit booster organization, yeah. we're not going to try to get rich off those folks. We're, we were in those shoes. We're band ads. So we want to be super respectful of um, how much money our customers are spending. So we try to keep profit really, really small. So it becomes a huge guiding principle in what we do. And the fourth thing that um, kind of is the, 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 what you see. In the clubhouse products and services is the impact that we make. So, our fourth guiding principle or value is, um, is impact. Um, these community showpieces become just this amazing um, point of pride. Adam, you said it just a minute ago, right? That um, imagine this 53 foot beast, um, all glossy with a pretty cool tractor attached to it. Um, pulling in next to you at a contest, and you were the Beverly Hillbilly um, band. And um, yeah, we know that the kids march better. We know that their scores are higher. We know that they take more pride in um, what they do, that they take better care of equipment, that they, my goodness, are more respectful (laughs) around parents and supporters, Um, that the impact that the products that we make Um, have on these communities is almost immeasurable, right? It has nothing to do with the scores. We think the products that the clubhouse makes, makes better kids. Um, And we're kind of biased, but we think band kids are some of the best kids on the planet to begin with. Um, So (laughs) making them even better um, is just a huge, huge plus. Um, So those are our, our four core values, people, process, profit, and impact. And then we have a fifth one that kind of ties into every single one of those in some form or fashion. We, we think of it as the center uh, um, in between all the, all those four, and it's innovation. And I mentioned Jeff's title a minute ago. He is the VP of innovation. Now, Jeff's got a huge responsibility in all this because he's got a big, gigantic brain. Right? So I count on him for a whole lot. I've got a little walnut-sized brain. His is a big, giant brain. He's the one that does all the big thinking and figures things out. And what I love doing around innovation is listening to a customer um, on the phone telling me about a unique problem that they have, and that creating a little mustard seed of an idea of, huh, we haven't done something like that before, but here's how we could approach it. And I give that little mustard seed to Jeff and I I place it gently on his desk. And I say, hey, I've got this idea for this thing. I, you know, we probably can't figure it out, can we? And two hours later, (laughs) I get a full bill of materials list. I get all the drawings for all the things that we're going to have prototyped and and water jet cut. And um, he's already placed an initial order and we should have that thing built as a prototype in about a week. Um, So those are the things that, I'm just the idea guy. If I need things executed, I go to my VP of innovation, and he's the one that comes up with uh, all the all the cool solutions and the cool things that we've been able to do. Um, I just become an executor guy, which is where I'm best some days. But innovation becomes the core of everything that we do.
0: I you know how to push those buttons, which is a big part of it too, right? And Put the challenge out there and just the way he, he grabs onto it.
1: Um, well, you got to get the best out of people, right? Sometimes, sometimes that takes a little bit of a mustard seed. Right, sure it does, yeah.
0: <clears throat> well, you, you, it's a whirlwind, and it, it, you know, I always smile when I when I hear you. And it, it, you're always smiling when you're talking. I can tell you you're, you're having a fantastic time, which which is great. And so this gets me to kind of thinking about the future here a little bit in terms of what's kind of going on. And I, I want to circle back for just a second too. You talk about the, the, the impact that, that that this has, right, on the community, but also on the kids. You, you, you talked in some of our prep work about some partnerships you guys are, are talking to different universities about in order to kind of do some research on some of this positive back. You, you talk about that a little bit as well?
1: Yeah. So we've got this, we've got a great idea that um, especially with our university customers and we've got some awesome university customers, whether it's university of Kentucky uh, TCU and I've got a really cool project that uh, is being delivered tomorrow. Um, that's super exciting for the university of Utah. Um, that's unique in every way. Um, but what we, what we really want to do, and they're having great conversations with these folks, is having graduate level research studies done on what are the impacts that um, investments in the arts like this make? How, how, how does this impact, impact the kids? Is it um, not just simply better marching scores and ability to win a marching contest, but is it more scholarship dollars? Is it um, a higher percentage of kids going to college? Is it um, uh, higher ACT scores? What are the things that make a difference in a community based on investments like these? So that's where we think some of the real next level stuff is gonna come from the clubhouse is being able to put data-driven decision-making on, it's not just spending, X amount of money, but here's what X amount of money will get, not just a trailer, but here's some evidence of what it will, what difference it'll make in kids' lives and in communities.
0: Awesome. Now you th- talk to about the the different markets, which is great. Cause again, here, here you are, we're, we're high school band That's what we do, right? And all of a sudden we discover that there are 29,000 high school bands, right? I vote you said, 145 are customers. But you also talked about other stuff. You're alluding to like colleges, you have college bands. And you also mentioned like the summer drum corps, right? So all of a sudden you've got these different markets you can kind of tap into. And and of course, since you guys created this market, you're obviously the the, the market leader at this point, right? Which is, which is fantastic. So you have, you have this ability, and, and as the future lays out in front of you, kind of what do you... What do you see? What are you excited about? What are you worried about? Yeah, but what's the future hold here for the next you know, five, 10 years? Do you, guys, do you guys think that way?
1: Where, where do I start the, uh, the list, Adam, on what am I excited about and what am I worried about? I mean, those things are, are lists as long as both of my arms. i excited, of course, about the opportunity. Um, and yeah. and uh, it's funny being the, the market leader. It's easy when you're the only company in the space that does what you do. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's uh, a little bit disingenuous every time I put on some piece of correspondence, the, the leading provider of, I feel like putting in parentheses, because we're the only one. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm super excited about where we have, you know, when I think about the market opportunity, right, of just public high schools in the US, more than 29,000 hundred and forty five. I mean, people ask us when they look at the map of where all of our trailers are and they say, oh, aren't you worried about saturation? (laughs) No, no, especially when the trailers that we deployed 10 years ago, when those customers are coming back to us and saying, hey, you're doing some new things than when we got our first trailer. How about we talk about some upgrades or how about we talk about maybe another trailer because our program has grown so big that we now need two or any number of things. So we we aren't just simply this isn't a once and done. These are going to be lifelong customers of ours. Um, so, yes, I'm super excited about the opportunities and us always innovating to create new products. Um, the things I worry about, my goodness, I worry about things like um, Uh, legislation, I worry about things like higher taxes, I worry about things like margin erosion because of supply chain challenges, I worry about, um, you know, am I going to be able to find enough quality used moving vans that can be refurbished into their next life as a band trailer? Uh, I worry about, um, are we doing enough in um, our community for workforce development so I can keep a pipeline of folks coming into the clubhouse to help us execute on these great projects. Um, so there, there are lots of things that I, I worry about, um, but I, I tend to want to spend more time worrying about the things I'm excited about <laughs> and how I solve those, not the things that um, some days are way outside of my control. I think you Remember, summed it up. I'm an idea guy.
0: Right. I think you summed it up when we talked last. You said, "Yeah, I'm just worried about trying to keep up, right?" <laughs> or you know, and uh, and you said you kind of aspire to that. Yeah, you know, just again, it, it's a constant race and kind of you know, kind of going. But your point, you have different ideas going on, and we didn't discuss this, but I'm guessing most of your your business comes from again, just kind of word of mouth referrals. Again, folks see that that that, that billboard's out there. There's probably some other band ads like, like, like you and Jeff were 10 plus years ago searching for the stuff so that they, they might find you, but you guys haven't even gone out and tried to, to, to grow this thing. It's just kind of been coming to you, right? So from that standpoint, yeah. it, it gives you all the opportunity. Which things do we want to focus on and spend time with? Because yeah, you have to choose which opportunities to kind of focus on. And, you know but you know to me you mentioned you were in 17 states when we talked last so that you know you said it's, it's across the country you know this thing could be could, could it be i don't say franchise we could you can also set different locations on it, 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 it yeah you, know, you could go crazy with it the question is yeah how do we figure out which 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 path to kind of go on and you being the idea yeah, i can see constantly every day things kind of going on and you know, you know steam coming out your
1: ears uh yes yes and that you know we don't have any idea how to solve it. Remember at no point during this uh, discussion, did we say that either Jeff or I are MBAs or the smartest guys in the room. Um, Jeff might be, I mean, in this room that I'm in, Jeff's the smartest guy in the room with, but that's easy. Um, But we aren't, we don't have that background. So um, as we look at how we solve some of these um, challenges going forward, um, it is truly trying to keep up Adam. Um, what's, uh, you know, most companies, super, super successful companies, they are really excited to get to, you know, low double digit growth. If I can get (laughs) over 10% year over year growth, I am stupid excited, right? Well, some days I wish that that was my problem, right? When I'm dealing with uh, sometimes our year over year growth is between 50 and 100% growth year over year, (laughs) it's hard to keep that momentum up and keep all the plates spinning. So it's really important for us to make sure that we're using the right resources, that we're not the smartest ones in the room some of the time, that we're using things like, um, uh, we've got a great um, uh, process here in Oklahoma where we have an Oklahoma Manufacturing Alliance that's part of the uh, Department of Commerce here in the state. And we have an extension agent a uh, gentleman by the name of Kevin Barber, who I will simply fire off a question and say, have you have anybody that solved for this? Or have you ever heard of this kind of thing happening? And he'll use his network and find me a resource or he'll solve it himself. Um, so we use resources like the Oklahoma Manufacturing Alliance. Um, we're big Dave Ramsey guys. And the Entree Leadership Process that the, uh, that Ramsey Solutions has in place. Uh, both Jeff and I have done master series um, as entrepreneurs in um, in that program, and just uh, we are constantly using that uh, as a as a lever and a resource and things to think about. Um, and then um, you know our network, uh, whether it's our personal network or our professional <clears throat> network, we're always reaching out to folks because without having that MBA, um, even just simple accounting questions, you know, we, we just don't have that bandwidth. And luckily we've had some great hires that fill those voids, uh, for us. And there are a lot of voids, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, it's, it's finding the right people, taking great care of them, making sure that they're um, fiercely loyal and that we're fiercely loyal to them.
0: Well, and I have one last question that kind of came to mind as we're talking here, you mentioned that between the two of you had six kids that, 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 that went through the, the bands, right? So I'm guessing some of those kids are older now, maybe they're in their 20s, they're sort of out of high school and that. Um, what do they think about this? And has there been talks about, or maybe they're one of the eight and a half people that are there, I don't know. But, you know, you know, is you know, there been talk about them coming back in? You know, what's, what are the six band kids doing these days in terms of what their involvement or their thoughts about what you and uh, what you and Jeff are
1: doing? Uh, the six band kids are probably the smartest people on the planet, and they want nothing to do with this. Um, so, um, you know the, they have uh, a message they have, there somewhere. <laughs> there huh? might did, be. Did you um, with,
0: all, with, with all your work with you and Jeff? Did you ever Did you ever see your kids uh, march in the band?
1: Uh, we watched them every Saturday, um, oh, but we okay. got to see them from from the field level. We never got <laughs> to see them from the stands. Um, and so it it was a a different experience for us, but all of our kids, um, have just been amazing and have found, um, great success in lots of different things in their lives. But, um, right now, entrepreneurism is not one of those things that, uh, um, you know, maybe, maybe when the universe tells them something different, but right now it's, uh, it's, uh, Jeff and I continuing to work hard and, and, the more uh, more time passes, the more fun we have, and um, the more both of us uh, laugh at things like retirement.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. Very uh, good. You mentioned it was a, it was a blessing that the, both you and Jeff had that kind of big corporate background to kind of see what things are like. You can truly appreciate what you have here. I think maybe for the kids, too, if they get the experience stuff, they'll appreciate the fun that you and Jeff are having. Because again, people just assume that's how it is. Or it's No, it's, it's not. If you're really enjoying yourself, it's not like work. And it, it just becomes, every day becomes fun. It's a new challenge, a new opportunity to kind of ha- make things happen. So hopefully they'll, as they uh, age and become wiser on top of their, you know, they're already good smarts. They'll start to of recognize some of those things as well, which would, which would be fantastic. For sure. Excellent. Okay. Well, this has been a wonderful, wonderful interview. I really, we really appreciate you sharing some of your story with us. You, you do a fantastic job of telling it. This is, this is the third time I've heard a story, Jack, and it, you know, it, I've enjoyed it every time. It's it's fantastic. You tell it well. You tell it with enthusiasm, and I think it'd be a great inspiration, you know, for for, for many of our listeners. It might not, it might lead to some more business worry too. I'm sorry, but that's okay. You know, it, it, that's a nice side you know side effect that more more band aids <laughs> finding you guys. But uh, we really appreciate you know your your time here and sharing your story with us. It's has been wonderful. So yes, yeah, great great story. You tell it. You you're a very good person to interview.
1: You uh, awesome. Yeah, a good blend of humility and and uh, fun, as Adam said a number of times. Well, it's it's been uh, it's been neat to be part of this process and appreciate your your guys' uh, uh, investment uh, in the clubhouse, and it's been uh, it's been super fun to get familiar with uh, what you all do, um, and all the good stuff that you pour into other small businesses. Uh, um, the things that I've been able to learn over probably the last ninety days of being exposed to you all. Uh, has helped me immeasurably. I'm, my lovely bride and I were sitting at uh, breakfast this morning listening to a podcast. So um, it's become part of our ritual and routine and I appreciate the two of you. Thanks.
0: Wonderful, Drew. We really appreciate that. Good. That's, a, that's a good segue for our you know, for our audience. Thank you for listening. We, we appreciate y'all being here. As Jeff said, there are all kinds of shows you can get. Uh, we're approaching 300 right now. Um, you can get them all if you missed some of these shows at our website, dirtysecretsofsmallbusiness.com. Uh, Better yet, if you have a smart device, go to your favorite podcast player, whether it be Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeart, and look for Dirty Secrets of Small Business. You can subscribe to it. We usually drop a new episode every Thursday, so it'll be dropped right to your your smart device to be able to listen to that. And if you have questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us at radio at MaximumVP.com or give us a call, 877-849-0670. So that's our show for this week. Thanks again for joining us, and we will talk with you all next week.